It's eight minutes after eight. Thank you so much for uh, staying with us here on SAFM. It's the forum at eight now on AM Live. According to the Department of Correctional Services, about 3,000 prisoners are released into society every month after serving their sentences. In many instances, punishment for ex-cons does not end at the prison gates. On the outside, ex-prisoners are often ostracized by the community and in certain instances, even their families and are not able to secure any employment because of their criminal records, many return to the only life that they know and that is a life of crime. Now, the rate of reoffending among ex-offenders is very high in South Africa. In fact, as we were putting this show together, a few of the ex-convicts uh, we were referred to as possible guests for this show have been rearrested, and thus it only speaks to a continuation of the cycle of crime. So this morning, we want to have this conversation about life after prison. We want to hear from you. What are your thoughts when uh, people are released from prison? How do you view them as members of society? Um, Would you employ them? Would you buy from them if they started a trade? Would you be willing to teach a trade to someone who's just been released from prison? Or is it a case of you would rather avoid people because of that stigma attached to people who have committed crime in this country? So that's what we're discussing on the Forum at 8. The lines are open, 891 That's the number to dial. And you can also SMS us on 34701 or you can tweet at Sakina Kamwendo or at AM Live on SAFM. And joining us this morning, uh, we have with us um, Martin Matlamvu, who is a founder of uh, Torsrack Torsrack Foundation. And uh, the foundation focuses on youth skills and talent development in uh, agriculture as well. They're trying to prevent young people from ending up in jail. And uh, they work in partnership with Kulisa Social Social Solutions. And um, Martin himself was released last year and uh, self-confessed habitual criminal. And he says that he spent most of his life in prison. Martin, thanks for coming through this morning. Thank you, my sister, morning. And we also have uh, from the same foundation, Tulani Dlamini. And uh, Tulani, 31 years old now, spent 12 years in prison. He was released in uh, 2012. Tulani, thanks to you as well. Okay, thank you, Kamendo. Now, uh, uh, let me start with you, uh, Martin. You say that you spent, you've spent most of your life in prison. What is it that sent you to prison? What did you do? Uh, from from starters, actually, it started uh, oh, morning South Africans. Uh, it started actually innocently when I was young, growing up uh, in Club Town. It's a previously disadvantaged community. It's uh, continuously disadvantaged. Yes. Uh, it's neglected, actually. Uh, that place uh, made me feel neglected, actually. And I've never uh, been to some places where I can say, okay, I can buy myself more m- beautiful clothes or my mom can buy something for me that's beautiful or going to school with a, with a lunchbox that is at, at least fancy. Uh, like cheese and what what I've never been like that uh, so I started stealing lunch boxes from there then it went on and on and on until I committed more crimes that led me to be to become a criminal then I went to prison 
So when you were released from prison the first time, um, did you think that you would actually be going back? Were you not happy to be released back into society and hoping to stay out? When I, the first time I went out of prison, uh, I, I felt happy that, okay, now I'm out of prison, I'm, I'll be starting a new life and my family will accept me and give me a better opportunity so that I can start a, a new life. But uh, even in my family, it was much more different because every time I made a mistake, uh, they would just say, why don't you just go back to prison where you belong? Some of the of my sisters, not talking uh, of the people on the streets. In the streets, it was much more worse because if somebody uh, got hurt because I was arrested for, for, for robbery, uh, if somebody got robbed, they would say he's back from prison. Maybe it's him. And by then it was not me. And I was trying to push a, a, a positive life. So I just saw no, even my community neglect me. Actually, it's like uh, when I went to prison, they locked me up themselves and threw the, the key away. So when I went, I came out, it was like the key was still lost, you know, somewhere. So I was just doomed and said, okay, that means this is the life I was meant to live. Let me do it again. That means this is perfect for me. So it was a conscious decision to yeah. go and commit a crime so that you could be imprisoned again. Yes, uh, just to put it clearly like that, because uh, I felt neglected for the first time. Then the second time, uh, actually, like you said, I'm a heavy, uh, I'm, I wasn't. I'm an ex habitual criminal. The second time, uh, Leslie N took took me into her arms. But now it became a different thing. It became a peer pressure from my peers and my friends who, who, who were friends with me before I went to prison for the second time. So she took me and, and in her care. But still, I was like having the same mentality saying, okay, I'm, I'm a criminal actually. Uh, I, I was born to do this and I'll just do it. Because my family didn't accept me from the first time. I didn't heal actually from those wounds from for, for the, f- the first time I got arrested. So the second time, it was now about the pressure of my, f- of my own peers saying, okay, now we are scared. Now we are making money here. You are busy with white people. So I was like, hmm, let me show them, I'm, show them I'm not scared. Then I did it again. That time, when I, came, uh, I got arrested, then when I came out, it was like, okay, in and out, in and out. Okay, let me just try something and get a job because I can't go back to that uh, white lady. She won't hire me back, you know. So I went looking for a job, went as far as Springs uh, without taxi fare, just getting uh, on a train for free, sneak, uh, ducking and diving for the securities of the trains, uh, went to Springs and uh, looked for a job nobody hired me it just said okay no job no job wherever i came no job you know uh when i came to another uh factory where they said they asked me was i arrested before i said yes uh, when i was sentenced they said no uh, we don't want trouble here in our in our place and those guys were choose like that so i just said okay let me go back because now my shoes were, were getting finished you know going looking for a job, it was hectic for me. So I had to go back. And this time when I went back, I went more powerfully, like harshly. I became a hardened criminal more 
using guns this time. And, you know, when you say you went back and, and, and you know, you obviously had made up your mind that you would rather go back than, you know, face the conditions on the outside. Was it good in prison? Were the conditions good? Was that so much better than rather being at home and listening to all this negativity? Uh, when, when, I, when, I, when I went for a crime, when I went to do a crime, I didn't think about prison. When doing crime, we don't think about prison. We think about we want this, that's it. So if I get arrested, I'll just have to be a man and fight like a man. Because growing up, uh, like in my in, in, in my communities, like uh, in Dota Ifunda Ngubunzima and in Dota Ikali, so it was like that. Uh, I just faced that, said, okay, this is what I am. Uh, just to be uh, to take you back a little while, a back uh the media somehow influenced some part of uh my actions the community influenced that when i say the media i was looking at, the, at some other movie called new jack city uh of nino brown who's wesley snipes it also influenced on, on my, my behavior on becoming a hardened criminal as i said with my community as well and the music industry like Tupac Shaku uh, it's like uh, uh, that song of his when you say uh, my destiny is hell you know mm-hmm. I took that and said okay I even make a tattoo in my made a tattoo that I removed just recently in my stomach like like him said okay I know my destiny is hell nobody accepts me I can't find a job. I can't be uh, uh, normal like everybody. That means this is what I am. This is normal for me. So my destiny is hell. So hell is prison. So I have to go there. That's not a problem. I felt like that. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 Tulani, for you, I mean, um, you're 31 years old now. So um, 12 years, you spent 12 years in prison. How old were you when you were first incarcerated uh, actually uh, when they sentence you into a maximum prison you serve half of the sentence so if they sentence you to uh, 12 years you serve seven years in prison so i was about oh, 23 years when i was uh, in prison because i started in in trial because you have to be tried until you you have been proven guilty and then i was proven guilty i was arrested for house amropari so for me life was uh, it it all started you know background okay it's a matter of choice you know but also our background plays a big role and the role models in our community they also play a a, a, a real a big role you know because uh, when you grow up as a young person, you are looking up to others, you know. So in my family, uh, no one was employed. Uh, my brothers were doing hijack while I was growing. So they used to have fancy cars, but they didn't work, you know. My mother was a shoplifter, you know. So a life of crime was circulating around my family. When I grew up, I, I saw it as a, a, a nice lifestyle that, you know, you can do it uh, as a criminal. 
you can have nice things uh, uh, as a criminal you can achieve a lot by doing crime i started uh, doing crime at an early age at an age of uh, 14 years i was doing crime i started uh, doing housebreaking and then i graduated uh, I, I did uh, arm robbery that's when uh, i started carrying guns and then i started uh, robbing people you know there was this mentality to say you know we have to go to the suburbs to go uh, and, and 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 do crime because those people are wealthy we have to go and rob them and come back with stuff to the location Hold that thought because I want to interrogate that a little more, but we have to take a spot break. When we come back, I'll continue this conversation with uh, Tulani as well as Martin. And uh, today on the Forum at 8, we are looking at life after prison. How do people, once uh, they have been released from prison, find life on the outside? And also our attitude as society towards uh, ex-convicts on the outside. That's what we're talking about this morning. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. This morning on the Forum at 8, we are looking at life after prison. And I guess the question that arises then is, can ex-convicts be rehabilitated? And if we answer in the affirmative, then what is our attitude like towards ex-convicts when they are rehabilitated back into society? 891 that's the number to dial. You can tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or you can SMS uh, 34701 uh, rather. And uh, our guest this morning, uh, Tulani Dlamini as well as Martin uh, Matlamvu and uh, they both are ex-convicts and uh, they are telling us their stories and sharing their experiences of what life has been like on the outside. Now, uh, Tulani, you were still telling me uh, your story about how it started at the age of 14. Yes, uh, as I was saying that, you know, uh, uh, role models play a, a big role in one's life as a young person, you know. As a young person growing up on Soweto, you know, we saw crime as a way of, of, of living, you know, because we saw uh, older people than us who were doing crime. We saw them like they, they were living a nice life, you know. They had cars, they wear fancy clothes, they drink every Monday to Monday. So that thing, it, it, it also affected uh, 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 us uh, growing up, you know, in Soweto. And then uh, I was sentenced for armed uh, armed robbery, house armed robbery, uh, 12 years. But when uh, uh, I was in prison, I realized that, you know what, uh, this is not the life that uh, I should live. Because now there was no alcohol, there was no drugs. And then I started to engage myself in positive a, a, a initiative in prison and then that's where I met Martin because now I was working in ESREC, Sports Recreation Arts and Culture where we came with a rehabilitation programs to rehabilitate inmates so that's when I met Martin Martin was an artist so we said you know what Martin looking at our life from outside when we are, we are now inside we have to do an introspection. How can we change the situation that we have mm. been in, you know? 
So we came with this uh, uh, organization called Chosrek Foundation. So we came with this, we drafted the constitution while we were still in prison. And we said, you know what, we have to go back to the community and change the lives of the young people so that they could not take the wrong path that we took. Mm. But, 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 but how easy or how difficult has that task been of, you know, uh, people looking at you and they saying these are uh, ex-convicts? How easy or difficult is it to rebuild trust with your community after that? Actually, it's, uh, it, it is difficult. It's not easy. It took me years, actually, to realize that the world doesn't owe me nothing. Uh, because all the time when I went back in and out of prison, I, I, f- I, was, I had that anger that people hate me. They owe me an explanation why they are doing this to me. And, uh, and when I realized that, I said, no, I, the world doesn't owe me nothing. I'm the only one who owes myself the truth about myself and only about myself and forgive myself and everything that I've done so that I can go out there and start asking for forgiveness and uh, preaching the, 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 the good word of saying, okay, crime doesn't pay mm-hmm. and all that. But now when, you, when, we, when we started the, the project, when we came out of prison, as most of the people in my community know that I, I've also been a, a township terror. There were times then on weekends we used to just go drinking and just shooting around, you know. Uh, it was like we were gangster. So most of my friends passed on. So when we started the project, people were like, oh, what is he trying to do now? Is he running crazy, you know? Uh, some even told me that. So I said, I'll soldier on and do something positive to rectify and and actually break the cycle of crime and violence. So people were always like, uh, the, when, when we started this, they will say, no, where, where are you taking us to? Mm. What can an offender do to you? What can an offender do to improve the situation and the life of the location? Because he's been doing this, he's just pretending, you know. Mm. So... I, I took some kids from the streets and said, okay, let's do this. Come and listen to what I have to say. Listen to my life story. Mm. Maybe you learn from my life story. So in my heart, I felt if I told one per, uh, 20 people, if one changes, then it's a blessing for me. Then it might, that those blessings build me up. So we soldiered on. Okay. Soldiered on. Uh, let me just take a quick call from Mapule in Joburg. Mapule, good morning. Yeah. Hi, Mapule. Yes, and how are you? Well, and you? Okay, you know what, Ne? The problem is the family. Remember these guys when they are in prison? They are being taught different skills, Ne? I don't know whether I should say the family side or what, but because also the convict, when he gets there, he needs to also uh, adhere to the policies that are around him to be trained every day, not to sit around and do nothing, so that when he comes out, obviously, when he comes out, the world has moved on, people have moved on and all that, he, used, he, he needs to use his skills. My, my cousin is an orphan. When he came back from prison, actually when he was in prison, I was the only one visiting him. And I told him, when you come out, please make sure 
that you, you use your skill efficiently out there because it's, it's tough out there. Exactly when he came out, I made, made it a point that I, I make everything for him, like getting a roof for him, um, uh, securing, because he don't have kids, he's alone. Making sure that where he stays with my brother, they stay or live in peace. Mm. And um, when he came back, yes, he got himself another job. He worked. And when before he was a convict, he his friends were not working. Even when he came back, he still found them not working. And he got himself a job. He opened accounts. He, he was okay. I mean, really, the family must also support these people. Okay. So that the, the society out there looks at them di- differently. Because obviously, if you don't support him, they will also uh, put that stigma on him. All right, that's Mapule in Joburg sharing her story and saying family support is vital. So a life after prison, you know, our attitude towards ex-convicts in society, that's what we're talking about. The lines are open 891 for your SMSs. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us. On the forum at 8 this morning, we are looking at life after prison. And in studio with me is uh, Martin Masambu as well as Tulani Dlamini. And uh, they are both uh, ex-convicts. And uh, they also founded a, a foundation, a, a an NGO, um, uh, which they called uh, TORSREC foundation and uh, in uh, this foundation they are focusing on uh, skilling the youth and doing talent development as well as agriculture trying to prevent young people from ending up in jail and we've been listening to their story of you know how they actually found themselves in this life of crime and how they have rehabilitated since uh, their release from prison but we also examining our own attitude as society towards people who have been in prison and are now back in the fold of our communities. And just looking at some of the messages before I go back to the lines, um, this one from David um, Tunzi in Mabatu. David says, even if we are prepared to forgive and forget or embrace uh, those of us who had the misfortune of being imprisoned, um, it's difficult when some of them behave as untouchable toughies. And then a Maswabi in Bloemfontein says, money really talks. Either Oscar goes to prison or he's released. Jude, Jude, um, his case also changed to murder, though it's culpable homicide. So uh, people are saying that, you know, um, money obviously uh, plays an important role in what ultimately becomes of people. People's lives. Some of the tweets, um, this one from DNG says, I think the red tape um, imposed by companies and society on ex-cons derails their rehabilitation process, hence some of them re-offend. Veronica Nyati says, I listen to Tupac's music and I have to say it keeps me grounded, unlike your guest. Uh, Tirani Shiburi says, People don't choose to be criminals. It's the begging of the situation at home, uh, community pressure, and it almost seems to be normal in townships. Chinemo Elias' contribution this morning, he says it's easy to judge ex-convicts, but you have to understand the reason behind their stealing. We'll all have to play a role in this. Prince says, I believe crime is a choice. Blaming circumstances doesn't sound like a good argument to me. Deco says, uh, sometimes uh, we, the community, 
communities are to blame because we reject ex-convicts in our society and that is the reason why they have to go back to crime. Malusi.com, Malusi's contribution this morning, he says community also needs to be attended to so that they can rid uh, themselves of the pain and anger that they harbor towards the convicts. And uh, Denzel Matham says... Uh, prison life is a cycle. There's just too many factors. Educate the youth. Uh, that's the only solution because a bad company will ruin them. And uh, Sam Kutase says, uh, my sister, I want to, to put it on the table. Crime simply doesn't pay. So uh, those are some of the messages coming through from uh, our listeners this morning. And uh, maybe just a quick response to what people are saying, you know, that they also still need to heal as society who have been victims of crimes that uh, may have been perpetrated by uh, ex-convicts. So it doesn't help, as uh, David Mtunzi was saying, when people come out of prison and they still want to act as the wise guys, the toughies, because it makes it even more difficult for society to accept them back into the fold. Tulani? Yes, uh, what I can, I can say is that it's a matter of choice. Uh, one has to make a choice about his own life. You know, if you have done an introspection and you have rehabilitated to say, you know what, I'm now going to live a positive life because you know what, your, your past cannot define your future. You still have a future ahead of you. So what I can say is that uh, I would urge the community to please uh, support ex-convicts who are doing positive things in the community so that uh, we can prevent crime because we cannot say we want to prevent crime while we, we do not uh, 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 start with these people who have been in prison because if we leave them, they will re-offend and do the same thing. So we have to support positive initiatives uh, that are being done by ex-convicts mm. to prevent crime. Okay, let's go to the lines uh, 891 uh, John, you calling us from Joba. Good morning. Hello, Sakina. Hi, John. Yes, uh, just a brief background. I also like those guys on studio. I, I spent my young age there. I was sentenced when I was 16, but fortunately for me, uh, I finished my grade 11, 12, junior degree and postgraduate diploma there. So, and then I was released on good behavior. And uh, by the grace of God, I got a job. But um, now I'm doing a master's degree. But the point I want to make is, it's not easy with everything you've done. One, our government does not believe its own rehabilitation progress. Because no matter how much you've demonstrated your rehabilitation, so then it becomes difficult for the private sector to do the opposite if the government is not taking the lead. Okay, John, um, that line's deteriorating on us, but I just want to ask you, uh, have you managed to find a job uh, or, or has it still been difficult even though you've managed to, you know, get a tertiary qualification? Has society been open to employing you? Uh, fortunately for me, I got a job from a private company of which I did tell them about my record and I, but the thing is, I know that that's, a, that, that that's an incident that happens one in thousand times. Most of the people are struggling. So I, I, I'm grateful and uh, I live under the fear that one day all of this will come down crumbling because of my record. All right. Thank you so much, uh, John. Sipo, you're in Orlando. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, gentlemen there. 
Uh, Sakina, I'm um, from Orlando uh, Township, which was known as a crime uh, sort of township. But my, my, my concern is that uh, the guys, from what I'm, listen, I'm listening to, is that they, they were arrested while they were still young. And obviously, we come from different family backgrounds. Some families will consider education and restrict on their uh, children. So for me, the challenge I pose to the government, yes, these guys make mistakes. I mean, when you are 15, 16, it's easy to succumb to pressure and end up being a criminal, whereas you are not going to go that route if you had support from your house or from your family. But what I want to propose to the government, I don't know if that's happening. I wanted to find out from the guys. My proposal would be if a young person is arrested, it should be compulsory for them to go and study, finish their metric, and finish their degree, depending on the sentence. So that when they come out, at least they have some sort of a skill that they can use. So I, I just want to understand what rehabilitation is happening in the prison uh, places okay. for the guys. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Sipo. Let's speak to Miles in Joburg. Hello, Miles. Good morning, Sakina. Thank morning. You. Thank you very much for taking my call. Look, what I hear this morning on your show, I mean, it's what we have been listening for many, many years on end. You know, and in fact, the ex-offenders, your um, guests, sound more convincing to people like us than the social worker or the probation officer that is giving evidence today or yet yesterday and today in favor of Oscar Spatorius. And they sound even more convincing than the new self-imposed propagandistic spin doctor of, I don't know whether it's the Department of Correctional Services or is it Justice, Advocate Mache. What I want to say, I've heard uh, Tulane spoke about another heart-bleeding neoliberal organization called Kulisa, who has changed its name I don't know how many times since then, saying to the broader public that they are interested in preventing the crime, and if the crime is committed, they are interested in getting them trained, educated, and getting skills so that they get rehabilitated and reintegrated. That is just gabberish because it is playing on the emotions of the funders and trying to get more money so that they can live the good life on the misery of sentenced and unsentenced prisoners. As an organization, we have been here, and we still are here, and we shall be here for a long time to come, and we are neglected because we speak truth to power, we speak truth to authority and justice, and we say, look, guys, you know, white, black, and gray-collar crime is as heinous as violent crimes. It's only that. The only difference, it is bloodless. Until such time, politicians come to the party and, in fact, talk in terms of a political will. I mean, we will talk about this topic for the next 20, 50 or another century to come. Thank you so much for your contribution there, Miles. Let me just get a response uh, from you, Martin. Yes. Uh, (coughs) Firstly, starting with the second guy. Yeah, Sipo wanted to Sipo. know what uh, rehabilitation programs, uh, you know, yes. did you have in prison? Yes. In prison, there are a lot of uh, rehabilitational programs. Uh, change comes from within a person. Prison itself can't change a person. Rehabilitational programs can't change a person. A person makes a decision from his own heart and say, I take this 
as something that will lead me to a better life. I take this and I embrace myself with the positive things that it brings along with it. Mm. And, and, and just on that score where you say, you know, change comes from within, there are quite a number of people um, on social media who are saying even the choice to commit crimes comes from within. It is a choice that you make. You could have chosen other options for your life. Yes, that's true. It goes like that. Uh, when, when, when everything we say, okay, for, for instance, saying I want to change, I want to do crime, it's, it comes from within. But the influence that is coming from uh, outside your, yourself plays a bigger role also. But it, it doesn't it happen to everybody? It's we happened. all have external influence yes. trying to, you know, mm. uh, get us to uh, manipulate us into doing certain mm. things. But those choices, what is your advice then to the young people that you work with right now in terms of the choices that they make? Uh, I can say to all the young people that uh, make a right choice, don't make a, a choice uh, due to peer pressure, trying to please your friends, because also peer pressure plays a role on, on, on some of young people's lives. Because some of young people's lives, they, 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 they make choices because of friends, you know, trying to please their friends, you know. So what I could say to young people Make your own choice and make the right choice because crime doesn't pay. You'll end up in prison or you'll end up dead. Now, we hear very many horror stories about prison, especially, you know, for young people going into prison, people who don't know anybody, people who don't have connections within uh, the prison networks. We hear many scary, scary stories. Can you confirm a test to any of those? Yes. Uh, I can confirm when it comes to that. Uh, in prison, there are gangsters. 26, 28, we, we name them. Uh, different kind of gangs. And if you don't belong to any gang, you are considered, a, you are a victim actually to, the, to them. Any, any, any uh, uh, gangster can, can stab you whilst they are fighting. You are, you are on a target spot. They can, you can be raped. Things like that. So, uh, I've been marked in prison, yes, uh, and I, f- I, 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 I was not a gangster in prison. I was always li- living a different life in prison. But now in prison, when we started to say, okay, enough is enough, we need to learn. We knew that in local prison, it was a, a gang-inflated uh, area there. We, we, we pressed on and said, okay, when we get there, we're going to make a difference. I wrote stories about prison, then we portrayed them on, straight, on stage about the gangsterism. And we knew when we made those stories, the gangs will fight us. But we soldiered on and said, okay, we, go, we have to do this. So immediately, some of the offenders st- started to say, okay, this is not good. Gangsterism is not good. Then they started to flip away from the gangsterism. So gangsterism decreased in that prison that we were in because we, have, we had a mission telling ourselves, okay, now it's a time for us to act in prison and change the environment in prison, not saying we're going to change when we come outside. Mm. We started in prison, changed the situation in, in, in that prison, so the gang, gang wars started to decrease. So uh, what we have inside ourselves and what we convinced ourselves and, and pressed on uh, doing the positive, we are still doing it now and we are still going to do it even in the future. 
The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Seven minutes before nine and uh, just trying to wrap it up very quickly. Before I go to the lines, uh, Miles uh, made a comment there about Kulisa. Yes. Uh, when it comes to Kulisa, uh, Kulisa is, a, is an social is a is a organization is a, that that helps the community to help themselves meaning uh, when you say social solutions when you have a problem then i give you the platform and say okay try to solve this problem this way you are the one who has to take yourself much further i can't teach you how to walk and make you and, and teach you again how to jump and how to train. You are the one who's go, who have to teach yourself more. Like us, Kulisa have help, 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 helped us in many ways. Giving us, showing us ways on how to catch a fish. So we are doing it ourselves. As we have an organization called Tozrek. We don't depend on Kulisa. We're doing our thing. But Kulisa is always there for us. Guiding us through. You know. So we support what they are doing. Uh, and big ups to them as well mm. for doing what they're doing. Okay, and uh, just on that score, uh, Dillinger says that he agrees with Miles. He says crime is advanced social engineering, and Miles is right. The government is the reason why there is crime. It's capitalism. Let's go to the lines now. Mtandeni in KZN. Good morning. Good Ta- morning, FK. Hi. I'm very happy you touched this topic. I'm also from prison. I was released last year. I was sentenced to 25 years in 2001 I did my half when I went into prison I didn't have I didn't have grade 12 I studied uh, from level 3 level 4 grade 12 I went up to UNIFA I'm currently studying through UNIFA doing IT but the thing is it's very hard outside you can't get a job I've got a laptop lying here at home. I'm doing nothing, really nothing, absolutely nothing. So big up to those guys, and uh, I so wish that they could employ me or anybody that can uh, actually call me, just call my number because I'm prepared. I'm, I'm not prepared to go, to go back to prison. Mm. No, Chaneni, uh, thanks so much for your call, and, uh, you know, um just take heart. I, I don't know what more I can actually say to you on that score because um, you're unemployed, it's difficult, but as you say, you don't want to go back to prison. The problem is that you can imagine with the high unemployment rate we have in South Africa, it's difficult for anyone to get a job. How much more difficult if you have a criminal record to boot? So please do take heart and of course your plea is out there if anybody you know um, could offer you an employment uh, opportunity. I'm sure they will get in touch. Let's speak to Yam Yam in Durban. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are Hi, you? Yana. How are you? Good, thanks. And I you? I'd like to get two gentlemen there. And mm-hmm. I want to ask them, uh, the parents, uh, are they Christians? Mm, yes. My second idea, my parents are <laughs> yes. Tulani has answered that he's a Christian. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Muslim. I'm a Muslim. Yes. You, you yeah. know why, my darling? There's a young boy in our area. Who is, he's only about 16, so a nice little child, you know. But he was naughty. They put him in prison. They put him amongst wild men, and they used him for sexual purposes. And he died eventually of AIDS. And that's a sad. So try not to go back, my oh. darling. All right. And I read you something from for your, especially for your parents and for your sisters, well, mm. telling you to. 
Okay, we, we will get that message from uh, Yanam and we'll pass it on to our guests this morning. But I think, you know, a nice warm call from Yanam saying, do take heart. Let me read some of the uh, other messages coming through here. Zianda says, uh, we have to deal with the core problem, which is a racist system. Look at the majority in prisons. The system deliberately deals with the black man. Uh, Summer Day says, there is no hard life in prison anymore. Offenders are on BBM, WhatsApp, Facebook, you name them. It's just a good life. And um, some of the uh, SMSs coming through here. This one says, um, Hi SK, my heart breaks listening to these young men. I'm both saddened and inspired and wish them all the best in their positive journey. That's from Alicia. Uh, this one says, Thank you so much for this program. This is uh, the aftermath of apartheid. Thousands of children from poor backgrounds have no options. Uh, Sunny in Bloemfontein also sends a tweet saying, Prisons are sweetened by the late uh, former President Mandela by his unconstitutional decree, which must be challenged because of its adverse result. Also, keeping Africans and poor drunks contributes heavily to criminality. And uh, this one here says, uh, to your guests, thank you for your honesty. Congratulations for your efforts. All the very best to you both. And I'm sorry that you had such tough childhoods. Another one says... um, I'm from Ghana and I'm in the free state. I've never been to jail, but I don't look down on ex-convicts. Uh, let's not forget that Mandela, Kwame Nkrumah, etc. were all jailed and became African heroes. Konzi says uh, South Africa is a very racially stereotypical country. And I suggest that when you plan programs like this, invite ex-prisoners from all race groups. Otherwise, great show. And Mapule Ratebe says ex-cons need to be willing to learn. So upon his release, he can be self supportive and Lorraine says don't judge first walk a mile or two even in another shoes before you make that judgment and I think um, you know it, it, it people really are you know dripping of goodwill here this morning but uh, the situation remains difficult I must just respond to Konzi as I said earlier Konzi you know we've tried to get people and it's difficult to get people to come on and share their experiences so uh, that is how we ended up with uh, the two gentlemen who came in because they were willing to come and share their experiences with us but just um, you know a parting shot here um, Oaheng Oaheng wants to know what's your advice for youth who are terrorizing our communities at the moment and um, they are not taking responsibility and uh, he says also you need to stop blaming people for your circumstances but what would you say to the youth who are embarking on that very road that you have walked before okay uh, you reap what you sow no matter what we were created from we were created from dust and when you go to the soil and plant a seed something comes up you can't plant a t- potato then a, a cabbage comes up so whenever you smoke dacha or something it shows in your face it grows in your face when you're a criminal it grows in your face it grew in my face like you see me now you'll say okay oh this guy you know so i'm trying to clean that i'm cleaning my own soil actually so no matter what you do, anything you do, positive or negative, it will automatically get with you and it will grow in you, in your life, in your face, everything, and in, even in your soul.
And of course, that's where we have to leave it this morning. It's a difficult subject, life after prison. It's difficult for the ex-cons. It's difficult for society. But at some point, we need to find each other. Otherwise, there will be no peace. That's where we're going to leave it this morning. Thanks so much, uh, Martin and Tulani, for coming through this morning. And uh, to you, our listeners, as always, really appreciate your enthusiastic and fantastic uh, interaction with us.